0: As an international keynote speaker, mentor, and former victim of abuse, Doug Dane has a unique perspective on personal growth and transformation. His personal experience has led him to develop a duplicable system to help others discover their true identity, let go of their past, and live a life of freedom. Doug's mission is to help people stop hiding and start living. And he believes that everyone has the potential to create a better life. You're going to want to stick around for today's episode. The following
1: was recorded
0: in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to Rat Race Reboot. I'm your host, Laura Noel. And as a certified coach and former 27-year military leader, each week I provide bite-sized mindset pivots that will help you Reset your mind, reawaken your spirit, and regain your control. All right, welcome everybody to the show to Rat Race Reboot. I am so excited to introduce to you Doug Dane. Doug, welcome to the show.
1: I love, thank you. I love the name of the show.
0: <laughs> thank
1: you. We need, a, we need a rat race reboot. That's for oh sure.
0: my god, I know, I know. And you know, I, I really wanted to bring you on here because. You recently um, authored a book, and it it so aligns with this idea of rat race reboot and how mm-hmm. we typically get caught up in, in our own mind, our own thought processes, and that keeps us in some of these self-destructive loops, and it really stops us from stepping into our full potential. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation with you.
1: Yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to it, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you had just recently authored a book, Mistaken Identity. Yep. And um, I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about first, before we get into that, a little bit about you, your background, how you got to this point in your journey, and then we'll dive into your book.
1: Well, I'll try to be, I'll try to be brief. It's going to be 10 shows itself. Uh, <laughs> Real Cole's Notes, uh, uh, given up as an infant when I was born to foster care, six months later dropped into a an adoptive family, violent, brutal alcoholics. Uh, first 13 years of my life, a lot of abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, witnessing violence. Uh, really, it was a really tough situation. And, uh, they were, uh, they were in rough shape, my parents, and they came from a, you know, a very similar story. So it's no wonder. And then, um, Looking for love in all the wrong places, I ended up uh, in this ring of pedophiles and uh, got latched in by four men and sexually abused for two years till I was 15. That ended when I was kidnapped. The detectives show up at my door because they were investigating this, of course. And when I got home, they had found me. And uh, then, of course, you know, coping um, drugs and alcohol and, and spent uh, that in you know, 15 till about 23. Um, and then I wanted to get into business. I grew up in a poor family. My dad worked at a factory. My mom sold Tupperware drunk up and down the street. I go, I don't want to do that. And so I got into business. And of course, I failed miserably quickly. I went bankrupt, landed back on my feet. And then I went to a a seminar with a guy named Bob Proctor. i never heard of him. It's called You Were Born Rich. I thought, all right, if I can get some money, that'll be good. And I went there and and he he changed my mind about a lot of things. um, And uh, specifically around Earning money and success and stuff like that, and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't able to succeed. But he explained it to me in that seminar. Um, anyway, fast forward, I spent you know, 25 years or so in business, mentoring, uh, coaching people, uh, training people in, in sales and uh, business, business development. Anyway, entrepreneurs, business owners, etc., leaders, executives, etc. And then um, I was still, I was still struggling. I was doing well on the outside. Yeah. Uh, I looked like I had it all together. Like I was doing well financially. I had a good life on the outside, but just, there was something, I just didn't feel good about myself. You know, I just uh, anxious, depressed, uh, nervous, uh, uncomfortable around other people, second guessing myself, just all this internal junk. And I could, I couldn't understand it. I mean, the people that were in my life going, what's wrong with you, Doug? I don't know. Uh, anyway, the one thing I didn't do a very good job with my life, of course, because of where I came from is relationships. And so, of course, I always wrecked them. And so my second marriage ended and I ended up in counseling um, to just deal with the, the separation. And um, this lady was brilliant and um, you know she was able to spot there was something in my in my background that I was unaware of. So that whole story of all the abuse, all the violence, sexual abuse, all that was blocked out until wow. I was almost 40 years old. And it came out through this this process. So then I went public with it. I wanted to just normalize me. Um, so, you know, I went public with the story. It was on national television and uh, uh, national newspapers. And and I started speaking about the story, being very open about it. And I realized that talking does work. It doesn't normalize what happened to you, but it does normalize you. And so then a lot of that junk that I carry around internally really started to fall away quickly, you know. Um, but then there was, still, there was still some residue left over, still some things going on. And um, I was then trying to really pursue uh, bigger goals. So in 2014, I met Bob Proctor again, and I got into the, uh, the business of the personal development industry, coaching uh, people. And then I ran his coaching division for eight years. He passed about a year ago. And um, I discovered things I didn't know. Um, I did not know that I was gifted by God with something called my mind, and I have the absolute – I can have the ability to control and direct it to – whatever ends I want. I didn't know that. And I also didn't know that it, it was controlling my brain and my nervous system. And I wasn't thinking very well and I wasn't feeling very well physically, you know? So I discovered that. And then um, that kind of brought me to, to here. Over well, those eight years of working with people. The other thing I did not know is um, how our opinion of ourselves, our self image, what I call your mistaken identity, uh, how it runs your life. And that's what inspired the book because I was talking to thousands of people and they're all every, like people are struggling to get ahead in life, you know, and they know they can be doing better and and, and they give themselves a hard time. and They wonder like me, what the hell's wrong with them? Uh, and then there's a big percentage of the population that are suffering uh, with emotional challenge because of their, their story as a kid. Some are very unaware. Like I was, um, some are aware, but, you know, the current model and system for dealing with it, it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. It's only, it's only getting worse. And um, very few people understand that um, it's their opinion of themselves that they inherited that is really running the show. You'll never get ahead and you'll never let go of this story until you can see and understand your mistaken identity, what it is and how to let it go. And then you're, then you be like, I tell people, don't try to fix yourself just try to be yourself and you're not, you can't be yourself if you're locked into this victim mentality, or this mistaken identity, like I was. So that's.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I, I definitely, there's so much we could talk about here, but one of the things that I was thinking about in just studying neuroscience you know the architecture of our brain and this was recently I was reading this it's like we connected at the time that I was um kind of diving into this and questioning oh my gosh my own upbringing you know to what you were saying and how a lot of us experienced trauma and that influences the architecture architecture of our brain um and so as, so there's developmental things that are happening that might not happen in our way ways that we grow up and 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 can self-regulate and can kind of reestablish a healthy self-image. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of that um is influenced by these traumas. but the thing that really connected with me was it could be yelling, it could be it could be there's like a whole gamut of things that yeah. could be considered trauma in the brain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um we are just doing a terrible job in how we treat our children. Yeah. Uh, even if you're listen, I am a I'm a really good father. Um I made my mind up that I wasn't going to make the mistakes that my parents made of course, but um yeah, it's a uh, people people just listen, we're we're in a world this rat race you're calling it. We're in a world where we're so distracted by so many things, there's so much information coming at us. There's a lot of things we just don't know. And one thing we definitely don't know. Very few people do. You now do. I now do Um, the impact on our upbringing, our conditioning, even our own ability. You know, I now know I control my thinking, right? I control my emotions. I don't, I have no ill feelings, uh, no negative emotions to that story whatsoever, but I chose to do that. And that's my choice, you know, but Yeah, we just, uh, just, we just, people just don't know the impact that um, the programming and the upbringing is uh, is having on young people. And listen, I was a young person and I was a victim and I really struggled and suffered. And I grew into an adult that struggled and suffered. And then I was going to have a daughter. I "I don't want to perpetuate this cycle, but that's what's happening. It's a perpetual generational cycle. And all you got to do is just look at, I don't want to get into the whole mental health dialogue but there's a whole narrative there. If you just look at the numbers, like it's not getting better, it's getting worse. Yeah. Only because people don't understand how to fix it and the right way to go about it. And people like yeah. you are trying to change that, which is great.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, this your book is such a gift and I I want to talk about the experiences <laughs> you had because I it sounds like through your story you knew you were meant for something different at an early age. And I saw in your story that that fight in you to, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to, all right, I'm going to fall down. I'm getting back up. And so in your book, can you describe sort of the process? How, how do we overcome this mistaken identity that seems to influence all areas of our life?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I tried to, I structured the book. I mean, it's not a, I say it's not a book that you read. <clears throat> I never set out to write a book. Um, I had figured out how I had figured out how I had acquired my own mistaken and identity, how it was controlling me and limiting me and how to change it and change my perception on my story where I could live a good life, you know? And so I wanted to assemble it in a, in a roadmap. So this is more of a workbook, if you will. It's got, I mean, it, I use each each chapter is only three or four pages long. I tell a bit of the story to make make a point, get your attention, and then I introduce <clears throat> sort of a concept or principle that you know, I learned, discovered, or or used, um, and then I get you to take an action step. And so it's uh, it's dis- it's it's directive and prescriptive and instructive. Um, anyway, it's it's basically segmented into three parts: uh, really uh, learn, unlearn, and relearn, and so. If we want to, like you talk about neuroscience, we want to rewire our brain. You can do that. You can rewire your neural pathways. So I wanted to first off, you got to learn what is this mistake identity I'm talking about? And how did you get it? Where did it come from? All right. Um, and then the unlearned part is where I start to undo it all um, because I have to change your mind because you're locked in <clears throat> to certain things that you believe that aren't even true. Um, From your experiences, you know, what your parents told you, um, maybe how they damaged you in some way through their words or their actions or whatever. And you're locked into a set of things that just aren't true. And you're very judgmental towards yourself. Um, The first chapter is called Stop Judging. Yeah. Because you were taught, you were judged by your parents. You watched them judge each other, everybody else. They started judging you when you didn't follow the rules. And then you took over and started judging yourself. And you've been living that way your whole life to some degree or another. For most people, a lot of cases, fairly severe. So then in the second part, I got to change your mind. And I'm I'm very effective at it because I got leverage because I got a story to prove it, right? And then the last part is to um, relearn. So then you create um, your own identity. Or what actually happens, you actually meet your true self. Mm -hmm. And then I talk about just being yourself and the ways to, let go of two really big forces, actually three major forces that are working against us right now. A long-term one we've grown up with is a compulsion to conformity, right? We're, we're, we're individual, and unique, yet we're pressured to conform. And then secondly, because of all the judgment, we have a deep-seated fear of criticism. We worry what people think of us. And that holds back. And now the advent of social media and internet and these not so smartphones they just throw information at us like crazy they got us hooked and distracted and we're like you said we're stuck in these destructive patterns or these habits that don't serve us and um, so the last half of the book is to change the change the direction and the way that you operate and so I just give you these I just give you my own personal standards that I create I created personal standards and rules that I follow rules on how I think because my mind is a machine it operates a certain way and I'm the operator and I better use it right and so that's the basis of the book so there's mindset in there teaching how to direct your brain, your nervous system, your actions, your health, your feelings. That's the idea.
0: I love it. I, you know, I was just kind of taking some notes as you were talking mm-hmm. about uh, that compulsion to conformity that really sticks with me. And it's, you know, it's as if, and I I know I I fell into this too um, of conforming to other people's standards and feeling trapped and feeling like you would describe before, like, Oh my gosh, there's, What's wrong with me? There's something, something doesn't feel right, but I can't put my finger on it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I, we all, I shouldn't say all, but most people go, What's wrong with me? Because your parents are going, Laura, what the hell's wrong with you? Why did you do that? Right. Mm -hmm. And so, because we grew up with judgment, we've been living our whole life, What's wrong with me? And we make mistakes. What's wrong with me? Uh, We don't just look at the mistake as a course correction. We think, you know, if we fail, we're a failure. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Well, I discovered I never got an answer because there's nothing wrong with me. The question we should be asking is not what's wrong with me, <clears throat> what is wrong with what I believe, mm-hmm. what is wrong with who or what I'm following. Yeah, that's what we have to ask. Like I, I talk in a, I coach a lot of people in, their, in business, right, trying to build their businesses. And I'm uh, <clears throat> talking to a guy one time, and he was he was you know his results had tanked, and he knew he could be doing better. And he's going on and on and all he was talking about was what was wrong with him because in, in the personal development space you know it really does push the idea you got to fix yourself there's something yes. else do, right? yeah and you strive and strain you struggle nothing happens and as a listener it took about 10 minutes i go dude can i interrupt you goes, sure i said i don't think there's anything wrong with you goes, what do you know what mean that's the only i think what's wrong is you got the wrong marketing company <laughs> Marketing <laughs> company had him sold into this idea, right? And he was yeah. he was not questioning what he had invested in the marketing, he was questioning himself. Yeah. And then he goes, Shit, you're right. And so he went yeah. through it all. Anyway, he fired them, and things turned around like crazy. <laughs> and he felt better right away.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh me. my god. Yeah. It's it's like it's similar to you know when we look at other people in terms of what they're doing and think that we should follow, literally follow them and do what they're doing, but it might not be the right path for us. And then we judge ourselves according to somebody else's measure stick, That's right. which never works.
1: That's right. right. <laughs> and The parents, they, they set this bar for you and you, 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 you never reached it. If you did get close, they moved it on you.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You're never you, good enough. You want to grow. You want to, yeah. they're, they're inspiring you.
1: Right? Yeah,
0: right. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. There, this is so much goodness. And I, I wish I had this book earlier on in my life to even realize just, you know, the how, how my upbringing influenced how I was showing up and more importantly, seeing myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, I mean, I have the benefit of having written it um, and it didn't take me very long to write it um, because I was basically for eight years working with people um, trying to figure out for for me, I was trying to figure it out for me, of course. And along the way, that's the nice thing is you, people got to get this straight too. You can be a guide for somebody as you're improving your life. You want to guide people up a mountain. um, You don't have to climb every mountain, but you know, you can go ahead of people. Anyway, I was, I was just, I was working on my own life and improving my life, figuring this all out. Um, and I was mentoring and coaching other people and, and trying to help them. And then it struck me. It, there's, a, there's a chapter in the book. So Laura and I, of course, we, you know, we work with Bob Proctor. Yeah. I work closely with Bob in his company. And, and, um, and then um, you know, we became friends. And all through, there's a chapter in the book called Let It Go, where I talk mm-hmm. about Bob several times in the book. But he kept saying, Doug, he said, just let it go. I go, but it's, Bob, it's not that simple. He said, okay, Doug, whatever you say. I said, no, no, Bob, you don't understand. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you were, you didn't go through what I have gone through. I mean, yeah, you depression era. Your dad went off to war and never came home. You, know, you struggled, but you didn't go through what I went through. He huh? said, okay, Doug, whatever you say. <laughs> and he just kept saying, Doug, it, this is so simple. You're, you're making this so hard. You're dragging it out. You think it's complicated. And he was right. And then finally it struck me. I go, when I accepted the idea, he said, Doug, what if this could happen really fast? It was really simple and it wasn't hard. I go, what do you mean? And so he just explained it to me and I go, he, he's right. And so I wanted to write a book I designed the book where there's 30 chapters, there's 30 steps, there are small chapters, there's 30 action steps. I want to do a bulk change fast. And so I try to get you to open your mind at the beginning. Would you open your mind to the possibility that you can let go of all this junk like, like that. Yeah. And if you can do that, if you'll give me that opportunity and let the book work on you, don't, you don't work on you. Okay. Don't, you don't buy the book to fix yourself. Yeah. You buy the book to understand why you think there's something wrong with you. And then you let the book do the work on you. And we, we ran a group of 140 people in an observational trial in the month of um, February and March before the book came out. So they got the book early and all these people that they read the book first and then for 30 days in a row, they would read a chapter, which took, takes five minutes. They'd watch a video of me, which took five minutes and the exercise, which took about five minutes. And Laura, the, the feedback, I mean, I got a message last night uh, by voice. I was weeping at, at dinner at a restaurant. It's got this beautiful message. And I mean, that's the fuel that keeps me going to get this out there. But I remember one lady, she said, Doug, you know, February 2023, I read the book. 30 days in a row and this without question and i'm not exaggerating she said february 2023 has been the best year of my life i'm 37 and this has been the best year of my life and then she listed all the things she let go of like that wow and then a week later i got a text and you would never know because she's this woman she's beautiful she's beautiful inside and outside she's healthy does well in her business you never know if she's struggling you sent me a text, she's done. You're never going to believe it. I literally just met the love of my life.
0: Oh should, my gosh.
1: She'd struggle in relationships, you know? And so it can happen fast. I designed it. If you'll let me just open your mind. You can let go of your jug. And I took way too long. I was dragging my victim mentality along, which was very convenient, by the way. You know, being a victim is very convenient.
0: Uh, there's definitely payoffs. Yeah, for it's very us.
1: useful. It doesn't yeah. help you much, but you can get no. away with a lot of stuff.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? I'm excited because I just recently purchased the Kindle version. So I'm going to go through the 30 days and and do it. And I love that you have it's actionable because Mm -hmm. there's a difference between somebody reading a book and a book telling you this is, you know, telling you versus you discovering and applying.
1: Yeah, there's one shot. I'm just I'm just flipping through here. Yeah, one of my favorite chapters is called um, Things Were Delicate. Um, so it was delicate for me. And there was some there was some people along the way that treated me delicately. They saw something in me. And so you mentioned earlier kind of what kept me going when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, there was teachers. And then, of course, you know, my last teacher I met here was Bob Proctor. Um, but anyway, this, each chapter um, opens with a little quote. Um, this one says, uh, I can live for two months on a good compliment. So there's a quote that opens a chapter. And then little this chapter is three pages. And there's a meditation at the end. I wanted to put um, some scripture in here, not to make this book religious or from a Christian perspective, but I wanted you at least to consider what is God saying about you or what do you think he thinks about you related to the chapter and your mistaken identity. Um, So I have a piece of scripture at the end of each one, and then there's a place you jot down what did you learn from these chapters, and then there's an action step. And So in this one it says, whoever saw good in you, even if you don't believe it, They were right about you. If they treated you well, it means they saw good in you. Accept it and thank them for it. Make a list of the angels in your life. Make a list of the gifts they saw in you. Write a note of thanks to one of the people who helped you believe in yourself when you didn't, even if you can't find them. And then consider the possibility that they were right about you. Some people were right about me. I just didn't believe them. They treated me with care. They nurtured me. Perhaps you're worthy of the care that others offered you. And so that's an example of the action step. Yeah. So each chapter is built that way. And I just take you on this path to basically just get rid of this mistaken identity. So you can meet, it's at the end of the road, you go, there's one chapter called, why don't you love me? And uh, Holly, this lady, that Mm -hmm. the the one that met the love of her life, the the book trial person. I said in the book, I said, you know, when you love yourself and, and you love your life, then you'll meet the love of your life. And that might be you.
0: Ah, Yeah. Yeah. You being the first love of your life is so important.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And it sets the tone for everything else you attract into your life and allow into your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's no wonder you don't love yourself because you have this view on yourself. I mean, you have such a lousy attitude towards yourself. Yeah. How the hell are you going to love yourself when you treat yourself so lousy? But the reason you treat yourself so lousy is not your fault. Yeah. It's just stuff you picked up when you were young and you bought into it hook, line, and sinker. You never questioned the adults, but you did. You didn't know it. You were little. Do you remember when you were little, you started to fight back, Laura? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then you had no power. And of course, the parents, you know, they just drilled in the rules and, you know, punished you or ground you or whatever. And then, you know, adolescence, you, you fought back some more. Now you're a little stronger now. You got a little bit more, you know, authority and your parents, maybe if they're, Figured out they're trying to let you make decisions and stuff, and then you know it comes back uh, early twenties. You know, post you know post school, maybe post graduated university uh, hits you around the forties. They call it a midlife crisis. You hit these yeah. stages, and when you're little, you're you're watching the parents. Like in my case, it was severe, mm-hmm. right? um, and I guess I had some awareness because I'm going something's off track. I mean, obviously there was things that were really off track. Yeah. But- you, you question the adults. You go, you, like you feel like something's off track, but you don't know what the right track is when you're young. But you, you know something's off track and you question in your mind the adults. But what ends up happening is you're programmed to question yourself. You were on track the whole friggin' time, it's the yeah. parents that were off track, but you didn't know that. And then you just grow up, well, what the hell is wrong with me?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yep, I, I grew up in a, a violent household. Right. as well. And um, I remember think, wishing and dreaming that I was adopted and my yeah. real parents would come and get me. But I knew right. that it just, yeah, I, I can remember all of that, those feelings and the fighting back yeah. vividly. And well, we do know.
1: The flip side of this, so I, I was adopted, and I say in the book, I was so grateful I was adopted because um, mm-hmm. it did two things. One is your question earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I was adopted at a very young age, and so it gave me somehow, I wasn't aware at the time, of course, but looking back now, I'm aware, um, is that it gave me a perspective that I was in the wrong family. Like, you know, I didn't belong. I could have been in any family, right? right. And if I had been in a different family, I would have been a different a different person. And then, of course, the other part for me that, is, that really strikes me is I saved a little boy's life because, you know, most boys wouldn't have suffered that those circumstances or they might have taken their life later on or something like that. Um, so that was just a a perspective change as well. Listen, um, I looked it up on on the CDC's website. Um, 60% of adults have suffered some form of adverse childhood experience, which is emotional, physical, sexual abuse, witnessing violence, mistreatment, or or neglect. And most people have a story, and they, they keep it hidden. Mine was blocked out, so I had to discover it in order to free myself from it. But we're we're so afraid um, of what people think of because what we've been through, what we've done, because of what we've been through, you know. Yeah. And I just implore people, and encourage people, you just you gotta you gotta get it out of you. Um, and the mental health care system, that road is not the road out. Okay, that is just a coping mechanism. You talk therapy, you talk for a couple, you talk for a couple hours, you feel better. Works for a couple of weeks, you go back, you feel like crap, you go back again. Um, you really got to get at this mistaken identity. It's not—it's not hard work, but it does stir you up. It does—it yeah. does mix up the pot. You do get a lot of resistance. You'll feel it, but you have to recognize why do you feel that way? That's there's nothing wrong with feeling off or feeling anxious or feeling depressed as you undo all this. It's just part of the process.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's it, it can get a little messy, but it's so yeah. it's like so going to really the gym weird.
1: for the first time. You know, when yeah. you first start working out, your muscles are sore. That's all it is. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, uh, and so, with all of that in mind, who is this for? Who is this book for?
1: I think it's for everybody. Um, I've listen, I've talked to thousands of people, um, and I've worked with a lot of very successful people, yeah. and I've become very successful. Obviously, the first group, those sixty percent of people that have gone through an adverse childhood experience and have now formed this conclusion, that have a poor attitude towards themselves, and they have guilt and resentment um, about their past because things they did or things that happened to them, and they worry about their future too much. Um, then there's people that grew up in a, you know, in a decent family and you know parents were fine, and everything, but they still got programmed the wrong way. And your identity, how you see yourself, your opinion of yourself was programmed into you at a very young age. You were initially imitating the adults, and then you got hypnotized, and you were expected to follow these rules, values, and beliefs. You got judged if you didn't. And so you grew up with a distorted view on yourself. Um, and um, then there's other people that are you know, very successful, um, but they're still, they know they could be doing better and they think they got to work harder and they got to they do this and they got to do that. No, they just got to see this mistaken identity. I saw somebody the other day and they said, Oh my God, Doug, I never saw my business the way I saw it until I got rid of this. Now, I see opportunities. I have more ideas. I'm taking more action because when you're yourself and you're pursuing what you want, um, you're a lot more effective at getting ahead. But if you have this mistaken identity, it's like a governor or like being a pumpkin stuck in a jar, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 So true. Uh, well, how do people get a copy of your book? How do they connect with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, two ways. Um, go to DougDane.com if you want, um, and you can go through uh, my website. Uh, we, If you go through my website, we give you a workbook um, that goes with the book, and then we just redirect you to your online store, Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever you are, okay. uh, or you can just go to your own uh, go to your own place where you buy books, Amazon, or go to a bookstore. They're, it just came out last Tuesday. They're starting to ship to stores now. But, um, yeah, if you want to connect with me, go to DougDane.com or just get the book wherever you buy books.
0: Great. And we will have that website in the show notes. So you can just thank go you. there. Um, but Doug, I, I want to thank you so much for pouring into our audience. Are there any last comments that you feel like we haven't addressed?
1: I I just, I would just say the two things I've said already, <clears throat> um, stop trying to fix yourself and just be yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. Stop asking that question. Start questioning What's wrong with what I believe or what's wrong with the path I'm following? Yeah. That's what you got. Those are the questions to ask.
0: I love it. And uh, yeah, I, I've asked myself, what's wrong with me? And you've answered, there's nothing. Yeah. Doug is awesome. I highly encourage you to get in contact Um, and, and a phenomenal leader, phenomenal coach and author. I encourage you to connect with him and and grab a copy of the book. But Doug, thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Thank you. It's fun. Thanks, Laura. Thanks.
0: All right. For those of you listening, if you enjoyed today's episode, go to ratracereboot.com, whatever platform you listen to your podcast on, leave us a five-star review, leave some comments, we read them. And until next week, remember, everything's created twice, first in your imagination and then in physical form. We'll see you next week.